Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. John, Glenn, it's time. It's time for me to get my myths on that juicy inheritance of yours. So, I want you to write me into your will. Well, if I didn't have three kids, uh, and, maybe and you could be the fourth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I want to be the step down. So, yeah. in, in different wills, um, you know, you might go, well, if I can't leave it to... Whoever, I'll leave it to that if I can't leave it to yeah. that. So. Yeah, you'd be a couple of steps before the government, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> John, you'd probably be like, and if there's no relatives left and my state goes into general revenue, yeah. if general revenue doesn't exist at the time, then give <laughs> it to Glenn. If general revenue doesn't want it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Nah, no, you're much, uh, much higher up the tree than that, old yeah. chap. Yeah, nice. So we get a lot of... Um, I'm actually surprised about... The amount, because when you think inheritance, right, mm. you think elderly parents who are deceased, yeah. which you might not think of a young person in their 20s getting an inheritance. So we get a lot of questions and emails, and a lot of them aren't uh, publicly on the group because it can be a sensitive thing. So I wanted to just dedicate this little episode to inheritances and yeah. what do we do with them? It is September, if you are listening to this when it's just come out, September 2019, for those listening in five years' time. What we need to do is, and you can do this anytime, but I just want to highlight September. Log into your bank account, look at all your transactions in August, just see what's coming out, okay? Then go into your iPhone and check your iTunes subscription, or if you've got Android, your Google Play subscriptions, and you've just got to cancel something you don't use. Then I want you to challenge your friends to do the same. So share it on social media, tag us, tell us what you have cancelled. There has been people already, and it's the very start of September, saving thousands of dollars on stuff that they do not use. I've personally cancelled two Amazon Prime subscriptions when I've purchased stuff on Amazon through different email accounts and I've accidentally signed up. So this stuff happens, it creeps in. So tell us what you've cancelled and saved. Jump onto the Facebook group. You can download the templates uh, for your Instagram story. Let's get this happening. Let's make a movement in Australia Subscription September, it is here. Let's get onto it. You're listening to My Millennial Money. Unlike a current affair, we will not tell you about the most effective washing detergents, but we will expose a shonky builder at some point. <laughs> Tell you a quick story. Yeah. About five years ago, I had someone come to me and they said, look, I think they were like mid-40s, late-40s, and uh, they had this inheritance of about half a mil and 
they were banking on that coming to them basically for retirement. So for 15, 20 years, they weren't doing any investing, any savings, just banking on that. Because that was going to solve all their problems. Correct. Yeah. So you're probably listening to this thinking, well, why would you do that? But people do that. Anyway, long story short, Alzheimer's um, next door neighbor got their hands on it, changed the wills and all of a sudden half a mil no more and she's coming for, for help basically. Wow. So who, who changed the will, sorry? Well, the next door neighbor got involved somehow. Right. So the, the mother and yeah, basically. Yeah, that's to- interesting. I had someone I dealt with in my uh, financial planning practice very similar story, but there wasn't any malice or intent yeah. involved. Uh, I had these people, they called me one day and said, hey, we've actually inherited a house uh, worth $500,000 mm. and about $800,000 in cash. And it wasn't even their next door neighbor. It was a lady across the road. She was a single lady or well, a widow, never had kids, no family at all. Mm. And this family basically would take a shopping and do all this stuff. They didn't even know how much. Yeah. They just didn't actually know that she... Just out of goodwill. And they, she died and she gave everything to them. Wow. And it was just amazing. The moral of the story, be good to your neighbours. Be good to your neighbours and just be good anyway. <laughs> <laughs> be a good person. Yeah, so there's a million stories. So I want to dive in and a lot of people, they wonder like if I receive an inheritance will I get taxed? So there's a couple of things with the inheritance tax area. It could be two sides. Does the estate have to pay tax or does the person receiving the money have to pay tax? Okay. Now, I I don't know anything about tax, but in Australia, there's no inheritance tax, but there's actually no estate tax if someone dies. Yeah. So if you were... So that old lady that I talked about before, when she died her money forms her estate. Mm. And usually on the formal documents, it would say the entity is the estate of the late Mrs. Jones. In Australia, that that money stays in the estate and the government keep their mitts off it. The last election, there were some rumblings out there about a union leader said to somebody, we need to have an, an estate tax in Australia, which we're not going to get into the discussion about that. But I think they proposed if you had an estate you know, worth over $9 million, um, you know, you might there might be a threshold or a scale and money goes back yep. into the society that's allowed you to create that money. So Common sense prevailed. Yeah, so that didn't happen. On the other side of the coin, if I was to receive an inheritance from my parents or a, lost long, a long lost aunt, there is no estate tax in Australia. Well, the, the money's already been taxed on the way through, hasn't it? Yes. So- It'll be double dipping. Now, there are some little things. So, if you do get an inheritance, number one, you need to get some advice. But if I inherited a house and at the time of inheritance, the house was worth $500,000 and I kept that house for five years and in five years it went up to $600,000, I would have to pay tax on that $100,000. So, the cost base gets reset at the date that I inherit it. So and I think there are some grace periods and all that stuff involved, but yeah. the long story short is you don't really have an inheritance tax or an estate tax issue in Australia. No. 
But you, if you keep the asset and, and create money from that asset... It's just like any other asset. Any other yeah. tax. Yeah. Now, if you're receiving money from superannuation, there may be some tax if you're not a financial dependent of the superannuant, which is the word for a person who has superannuation. So, so for example, John, if your kids under 18 uh, received your super money or it went to Amy... You would not, you're, there'd be no tax payable because they're a beneficiary yep. for CIS purposes uh, and tax purposes, basically. Uh, if you had adult children at the time, they would then potentially have to pay some tax if that money went to them. So, for our listeners out there that are saying, well, how does this relate to me? Mom, I'm, I'm only 22 and I don't have to worry about this stuff yet. The answer is, Yes, you do, because your parents exist today. Yeah, presuming. and that's right. So we've got a heap of questions that we're going to go through from real world, I guess, case studies from mm. you that listen. But I just want to finish on the tax thing. There's a couple of people I put it on Instagram. Uh, yay underscore Callum says, do you have any taxes on them? On them? What if they come from the UK slash overseas? And then Pieces of Pie wrote, any advice on dealing with inheritances from overseas? So number one. Uh, you need tax advice straight up. Mm. I've got a colleague, shout out Tim, if you're listening. He's He inherited a house in Venezuela and I think he's got two in Venezuela and one in Italy. And he's like, I just can't be bothered. We're just keeping them. <laughs> <laughs> just the paperwork drama. Of, yeah, and the one in Venezuela probably is worth nothing. But So a couple of things. I've had clients receive money from the UK. Now, Australia has a double tax treaty with the United Kingdom. And I think pretty sure how it works is if the money if you you pay tax where you're a tax resident but if it's a high so if it's it's complex i'm just gonna say that like if you are expected to get a freaking inheritance from overseas spend some money get some tax advice yeah that's all i'm gonna say on the matter because the client that i'm dealing with at the moment they got the uk government gave them advice from hmrc right and Six years later, the government have turned around and changed the advice and are wanting more money. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's wow. a freaking debacle. Rude. So there's, yeah, so the government are coming back to claw. So that's all going to court. Like, it's just horrendous. So you need to get the right tax advice with overseas inheritances. Yeah, not just the next door neighbor. Yeah, because there could right. be tax to pay, for example, in the country that you receive it, they might have an estate tax. Mm. And it might be... That person in the UK, if they know they're going to maybe have some wealth and die soon, it might be like, well, we need to transfer these assets into a trust before that person dies to minimise tax. So there's so much strategy. Yeah, and whether they're going to continue working in that country or come back to Australia. Yeah, so that's this is not a tax podcast and I'm half asleep talking about it. So let's get into the practicality. So I guess... Everything from here on in, we're going to assume that any money talked about, it's landed in your lap as a lump sum and the taxes have been paid, whether it's overseas, Australian government because of a tax treaty in the UK or whatever, or superannuation tax. Or an asset. Or an asset. Yeah. Because they could inherit an asset. They could inherit an asset. That's correct. We're going to talk about unencumbered assets. What happens with the debts? So, okay. So, this is a good one. I'll use an example. My mythical mum and dad, who are still alive, what up, Wendy and Des, they've got a house worth 500000 
But they were a bit dumb and they got a credit card and it's got $100,000 on it, right? Yep. They can't control it. It's just out of control. Yeah. So, they've got debt of $100,000. Not the mortgage. No mortgage. No mortgage. Right. They cleared that. And in the will, it says, hey, if we die, the house can go to Lauren and Glenn. Yep. Okay. So, Lauren and I are like, yes, sweet. We're getting 500 grand because they own the house outright. But the estate has to settle the debts. Mm -hmm. First. If there's more debt than assets in the estate, bad luck who's a collector. Yeah. So, if your parents are up to their eyeballs in debt and don't have any assets and they die, you can't inherit their debt unless you've signed as a guarantor on some dumb loan of theirs. Yes, that's right. Uh, Because then you're on the hook. So, ordinarily, and I've had clients that have passed away with $15,000 owing on the credit card and there has been no estate and we just wrote to the bank and said, hey, here's a death certificate and a stat deck to say there's no assets in the estate and they wipe the debt off. Yep, debt gone. So, yeah, the estate is responsible to settle any debts. And we actually will get an estate planning specialist to swing back around and do an episode on wills and estates. Yeah. We'll touch on it here. Yeah. But I guess what I want to talk to, to you listening today, everyone, have the discussion with your parents. And it's not about, hey, how much have you got? When can you die? Hurry up. I'm waiting on that money to make my life better. Mm. It's, hey, mum and dad, or hey, dad, or hey, mum. No one's getting out of here alive. Have you got some type of will or estate plan in order? Because I don't want a freaking mess on my hands mm. if I'm the one that's cleaning this up. That's right. Yeah. And, and is it updated regularly as well? Because things change over time, don't they? Like, Yeah, that's right. Um, so, many, so many different circumstances over a 10, 15, 20-year period and all of a sudden – Gee, back then wasn't relevant. Now, actually, that's not fair on the other yeah. two siblings or whatever it is. And what I would say to your parents and even get them to listen to this podcast so it's me telling them and not you, um, just say, hey, um, I, don't, I don't need to see all the details to your will. I don't want to and I don't need to know all the values to all your, asset, all your assets. But are you able to just flick me an email and copy in my siblings or whoever, yeah. and just tell us broad brush strokes. These are our intentions. Uh, the original copy of the will is kept at the, this solicitor's office. The executor of the will is your uncle, yep. David or whatever. Yep. Um, and the intent is that if we were to both die, that the property would be split between you. Um, if one dies before the other, the money goes to each other. Or in some instances, if your parents have a, like if you've got a step parent, so if there's, if I'll use the example, dad remarried, for example. Yeah. And if dad is living in a house that he owns with the new wife, his will might have a lifetime tenancy arrangement. So that means that if he dies, she can live in the property as long as she leaves or if she has to move out to go to a nursing home, then at that point, the asset goes to the kids in the will. Yep. So just have the discussion with your parents to say, hey, we don't want a debt, uh, we don't want a mess on our hands, but we just want some clarity yeah. um, to what's going down. Yeah. So first of all, they need a will, number one, and number two, 
inform parties of of the arrangements in in broad yep broad form and um and then everyone can get on there with their life comfortably yeah so I've, I've said it before like the executor of my will is tim cooper good friend of mine and wrote an email to my mum, my dad and my sister and copied tim in and said hey guys regional wheels kept at albury brown uh broad brushstrokes this is happening that's happening um, I want to be thrown in the ground over there. Yep. Um, I'm donating this to that cause. Any questions? Best to ask me now because I can actually answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Intelligently? Yeah. Or somewhat. So, so there's no surprises. That's what we don't want. There's yeah. no will reading in the the lawyer's office like the movies where it's all nice timber yeah, and yeah. everyone's gathering around and you get yeah. that, you get that. So. And I think the key here is, in my experience, is any major event change in in people's lives that needs to be updated if it's not taken into account absolutely absolutely so jess thornton she asked when do you need to make a will now if you're a 23 year old single person and don't have many assets by definition the new south wales government provides everyone with a default will yeah right so if you die and you've got a car worth five grand it basically goes up the tree to your parents. If they're not around, it goes to the, your brothers and sisters. Like it, it will happen, right? Yeah. And then if there's no one around by default, it goes into general revenue to the yep. government, right? So there is a mechanism, but I always talk to people, not necessarily about the will, but about the whole estate plan. Part of my estate plan, yes, it's the will, but then I've also got my power of attorney, yep. which um, Tim Cooper is also my power of attorney, enduring. So basically Tim has full authority to go to the bank tomorrow, set up a credit card in my name and purchase a brand new card, a brand new car with that credit card. Yeah. So, or if I'm overseas and I need him to sign a document for me, he's got full power of attorney, right? Yeah. And he's also my executor. But I've also got- He doesn't realize what he's got himself uh, into here. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a mess. (laughs) And then I've got an advanced care directive, which basically means- you know, if, my, if I'm at the hospital yeah. and I'm brain dead, if I can turn the machine off. Yeah, have you got that? Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't think I've got that in mind. Yeah, yeah, mm. I've got that. And then I've got another one that if I'm mentally not present yeah. or whatever, can't make decisions, enduring guardianship, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, my family can actually step in and it's got my wishes in there. So, br- broadly speaking... The will is the not the important thing when you're yeah. young and healthy. It's more the other documents. Yeah. And I always tell people, do it as a bit of housekeeping. So, yeah, my family have complete control and say um, around all non-financial decisions yeah. where Tim can just execute the wishes of me in the event of my incapacity a common question on people's lips might be well what if you have a falling out with tim or or something happens to tim where he can no no longer operate in that capacity yeah so again because you only want to spend the money once and do it right uh, the power of attorney states that if tim's not around it steps down to my sister yep so that's a backstop there you've listed that yeah yep and if i have a falling out with tim the onus is on me to cease that power of attorney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like, and likewise, if Tim can't be my executor, if I survive Tim, there's step down provisions in the will. Yeah. 
So, so in its simplest form, someone can go online and pay what thirty bucks and get themselves a, a basic will as a twenty-two yep. year old and, and get it done and and move on with their life until yep. something significant happens whereby they get married or have kids or buy assets. Yeah. From there, I I would never ever suggest that because yep. I haven't seen any of those do-it-yourself will <laughs> kits. Um, that are actually valid. <laughs> yeah. Because a, a lot of the time people might accidentally get someone who's mentioned in the will to witness it or they forget to date it twice here or whatever. So, yeah. And there's just, and, and it's a waste of time. Like you go to a lawyer and get a good will done. Yeah. They cover off on the step down provision. So they future proof it a little bit anyway. Yeah. I suppose I'm just thinking for someone that's sitting there saying, well, I probably should have something in place and I don't want to spend. Well, okay. to go to if you don't want a freaking will, just write on a bit of paper a memorandum of wishes mm. and just give to your parents. Yeah. I'm like, hey, if I do die on paper, can you please donate this to that charity or I want my sister to have this and my brother to have that? Yeah. It's non-binding. Document it. It's, but that's not legal advice and that's not a will. But um, a I actually wish. gave a document to all my clients um, and it was called End of Life Wishes. And it was basically a document that detailed a whole heap of practical things that if you did die, hey, I want this song at my funeral, I want this thing, this was that, I don't want them at my funeral, I'd rather be buried, I'd rather be cremated. Yeah. It's just housekeeping. But anyway, that's all boring. So yeah. it's just housekeeping that you need to do at some point. And, and it's the same thing. I don't think it's a common topic around the kitchen table and it's not discussed at school. So where do you learn this stuff and the idea of having a topic like this today was, yeah, we may not need it now or mm. it, it's relevant to us soon. And it's funny, like we're here to talk about inheritances, but that's after the fact. Before the fact mm. is the estate planning yeah. and is the money going to the right person. Yeah. Uh, Josh asks, how does inheritance work in relation to stepchildren? Hold my beer, John. Um, <laughs> For a bloke who drinks too. Yeah. Hold my long black. <laughs> So, I, I guess it's a two-edged sword. Inheritance work in relation to stepchildren. Generally speaking, I haven't seen many wills that, because it's receiving and it's giving, right? I haven't seen many wills, and particularly if it happens later in life, where the stepchildren are mentioned in that. If someone wants to write in their stepchild to their will, they're free to do that. Mm. Like in my will, I think, I can't remember, I think I've made a mention that I want somebody to have $40,000 to go towards a deposit on a house. Is that your My Millennial Money podcast co-host? Yes. Yes. That's the one. <laughs> so that, You would have only had to have recently updated that, yes, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, but if you are a stepchild and you are willed some money, there is no tax on that because there's no estate tax. So I'd, I'd, it's it's, it's not it's not really if it's it might be different if you're an adult stepchild and the money's coming from superannuation uh, there'd be tax involved but generally speaking Josh um, I don't think I think it's more of the discussion around um, and, and well it could be this John like if there's two families come together and there's two kids and each of the kids are step brothers and sisters or whatever yeah. There might be a step-down provision that, 
hey, if I die and my child has predeceased the stepchild, give the money to the stepchild. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And there might be situations where two families come together and you like the stepchild more than you like your own child. Like, uh, Absolutely. <laughs> that's life. Actually, I had a client where the stepchild was basically closer to the dad than the blood child right. to the point where the blood child wasn't even in the will. Really? Because this guy, it was a new... F- so, he'd had a child. She ran away with a kid. He really had nothing to do with his biological child. Yeah. But when he remarried, she already had a kid and they didn't have any more children. Yeah. So, the quote-unquote stepchild got the money. Mm. And sadly, that client did die and I was dealing with a stepchild. Yeah. And uh, I've just recently come back from the from the farm, as you know, and... A topic around the the dinner table was um, farms and inheritance and farms, and mm. and they were talking that one of the biggest, um, um, I suppose, farm separations at the moment is who do I leave my farm to? Is it my eldest son? Is it a combination of all three mm. siblings who two of them have no interest in the farm, et cetera, et cetera? And there's there's over the years, as through generations, been so many. Um, fights and and angst amongst siblings and and basically split up families because the the will or lack thereof has um has been has been clear or whatever. inappropriate yeah yeah and I would say to turn that up to eleven if you've got a big business that requires your expertise to run mm, which a farm is and yeah. that's and that's what I'm going it's technically forget the farm discussion yeah we've got a cracking business here. What do we do with it? That's so it's right. more of a, a succession plan yeah. for the people who are operating the farm. Mm. And usually it means you need to get someone into that business that can work into it. And if it's not a blood relative, you need to train them up and somehow slowly sell them equity to transition. Yeah. yeah. A little bit like when Adam Sandler went back to school to um, – Impress his dad that he was good enough to was be that, on the board. Was that Billy Madison? <laughs> Billy Madison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Showing your age, John. Uh, so, yeah, and a lot of this stuff, uh, we're, we're going to get some juicy questions now. Um, C. Fitzgerry asked, have either of you felt jealousy about somebody's significant inheritance? Have you ever felt jealous? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Um I get it a little bit though, and point um, point to mention on this farm topic, and and there's there's no way in short form malice or jealousy around this what I'm about to say, but my eldest brother inherited the family farm that we grew up on. Right? Both my mum and dad deceased. So, because I don't know this, so yeah. mum only recently deceased last year. Last year, yeah, yeah. Did she own the farm? Was it in her name? She did. Uh, and then it was gradually moved over to him over the years. So from the estate. From the estate, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so the ins and outs of how it was done over the years um, escapes me. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't a debacle. It was, it was structured in a way that it was. Is it worth anything? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What, north of two? Uh, probably around. Yeah. Yeah. Circa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously they carry debt with them as well, yeah. farms. So yeah, yeah. You, not many farm operators, unless they're smaller, own their farms outright. But 
um, yeah, he was a natural sibling to take over the farm right. and, and has done for the last 20 years. Um, but as a other, because as my sister and, and myself, um, if we if we really wanted to, we could really get quite uh, um, upset and offended by that because they they're basically the whole worth um, as a family was handed to one sibling. Is could it sell on market? And that's that's um, why this conversation was happening when I was home. Was mm. there's so many ways it could go. It could be split three ways, which means the farm has to be sold or the owner or the, the sibling has to buy the other two out, which means they carry massive amounts of debt. So at some um, point, like, is it in your brother's, is there a thing that you get your brother to say, hey, if you die, that farm, I want my estate or my kids to have some of that? Have you gone that? Or nah, have you just yeah, gone, look, there you go, <laughs> have $2 million, see you later? Well, look, when I left, I left the farm at 17 with no interest to, right. to run the farm at all. So... Uh, I, I went to, to carve my own direction and, and, yeah, as I said, absolutely no malice or jealousy around yeah. any of that, but um, I can see where... There could have been. Absolutely there could have been and a lot of siblings would have um, dug their toes but in. But that's for you. It's the mindset thing where I, I'm not having this carrot hanging over there that once I get my hands on that, mm. all my problems are solved. Yeah, correct. But what I can talk about, and there could be one person listening now who is in a farm situation worth millions of dollars because yeah. we've got listeners everywhere. Someone wrote in the other day and they're listening to the podcast and I'll read their review because I'm going to read it at the end. Brilliant, it's five-star, brilliantly educational and entertaining. Love listening to this awesome podcast and have been binging all the episodes multiple times through Spotify. Whether you're looking after 170,000 chickens or on a train, <laughs> the relevance of the topic are great for millennials <laughs> and I hope the good work is kept up for an excellent, uh, so thanks Rosie. So, chicken farmer. so what I'm saying is we've got a chicken farmer, right? Which is a business. Mm. Back in financial planning world, and if I was going to be a lawyer, I'd be an estate planning lawyer because mm. I think it's just fun. Yeah. What there is this stuff called, have you heard of the term estate equalization? No. No. So what you would do, um, and it could cost a bit of money, but yeah. it could be worth it. So basically what you would do is if the, Property is worth a million dollars. You can use a life insurance policy on the on the person who's the main owner of the estate. So when they die, one of the beneficiaries or two of the beneficiaries get proceeds from death cover. Right. And the brother, your brother, keeps the property. Sure. So the estate's equal. Yeah, okay. Now there is some expense involved, but is it better to spend hundred grand over the next 10 years on insurance to make sure everything's taken care of yeah. or have a mess with the lumpy assets that got to be fire sold. Yeah. yeah. So the estate equalization stuff, it's more complex for these big lumpy yeah. assets. Mm. Um, yeah. And there's so many different corners you can take, isn't there, in regards to that? Like yeah. that the main breadwinner of that business, for example, if they have they have kids and then depending on when that the, that main business owner dies. Like mm. if it, they could be 40 versus 80, it's a totally different conversation. That's right. So your family farm, yes. that so was it in your mum and dad's name, joint? Yes. And then when your dad passed, yeah. it all went to mum? Uh-huh. And then when mum passed, it was there a will? 
Yeah, so that was basically the wish of of dad's was to pass it down yeah. through to Shane, my brother. Right. And yeah. was that discussed prior to any of the deaths? Uh, or was it almost no. assumed in the family because he was... Yeah, it was probably assumed, yeah. But now Shane's got a problem on his hands. Uh, well, he, he's got the same thing. Yeah, he's, exactly. There's three kids and um, we're only discussing this yesterday. With, uh, Amy and I was like, well, there's there's one standout that's also interested in the farm and, and does a lot of work on it already mm. and he's only 15. Yeah. Um, so he'd be the favourite. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, things have changed yeah, since because when, when we, we did do, ours. Yeah, um, Business succession stuff for businesses. Yeah. You know, I'm dealing with a case at the moment and there's three directors, huge business. One one of the directors has a kid who's 19 years old. Right. The other directors has kids who are under 10. He, the one of the directors, wants his 19-year-old to have his share if he dies. Right. But the other two directors, we don't want to be in business with someone who's 19 and <laughs> has no freaking experience. <laughs> that's so right. It just has to... And that's why you need advice. Yeah. Um, but the problem is... If you if you didn't have two cents to scratch together, mm. you would be it would blow up your family because yeah. you'd be going to that farm and your brother at the neck. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of the problems arise. Is well, communication's it was all good the problem, and, and it's also the, it's also the solution. Yeah, well, it was all good and well at the time. We all agreed on that, but hang on a minute. Things now, change. Now I'm broke. Of uh, I'm coming coming back for another go. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's um, that's a very good one. Are you sick of living week to week or perhaps not having any money saved or even stressing out when Rego comes around? It might feel that your life just goes round and round and round because your money's going round and round and round. I've got a solution. We can change your life within a matter of weeks. It's the Glen James Spending Plan. The people who have completed this course have paid off credit card debt, have money saved, feel more free than ever before and this will happen within the first couple of pay cycles so follow the link in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast use the promo code and change your life like hundreds of my millennial money listeners have done so already i look forward to seeing you in the course and helping you really sort your money out Hey, just a reminder, we run two other podcasts, My Millennial Money Property. It's about property. That's all. And if you're under 23 years old, Gen Z Money, it's for you. Check them out now wherever you're listening to this podcast. Adam Vorich. Remember Adam Vorich? Yes, he I do. came to the Melbourne yeah. event. Young dude. He's always he's on the Facebook. active in the it. group. I yeah. think he's 17 years old and... He's yeah. probably going to be a moderator of our group one day. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, he gets my jokes too, which yeah, I like. Yeah. So Adam's a, a good fan of the, the podcast. He asks, and again, this is, I, I'm sorry that some of you have to ask these questions because to get money inherited, sometimes someone has died. Yes. Sometimes they're very close to you. So Adam asks, mine is in cash. And I can't touch it for at least five more years should I invest in shares. So sometimes what happens is I, I'll give you an example. My own will, it's mentioned that upon my death, I've got a niece, Grace, and two nephews, twin boys, um, Jeffrey and James. Each of those kids are to get $200,000. Yeah. 
it's to go on trust right. until they're 30 years old. Okay. Now... You're thinking they'll be sensible enough by then? Well, the executor of my will says if... And the will actually says if they're bloody on drugs, in jail or whatever, they're not right. getting it. Yeah. So, there's those catch-all things. There's a footnote to it. Yeah. yeah. So... But it also says they can have access to it upon request after age 18 yeah. for minor life experiences. So, if they want to go to Europe for a year, they can take 10 grand. Um, yeah, cool. They want to buy a new car. They can, so, there's all those mechanisms. Yeah, great. But it actually says that it's to go and trust and invested yeah. in a reasonable balanced fund per se. Yeah. In this, and we don't know the situation that all these people write in. So, it's all just mm. general chatter. It's not actually advice. If that, that money, obviously there's something overarching that money that says he can't have it until he's 20X years yes. old, right? There should be some mechanisms in that or the trustee of that money to have some discretion. I've done advice before in the same situation where, hey, this child has been left $200,000 from their rich uncle or aunt or whatever, uh, and we need to invest it on behalf of them. Mm. So... And the thing is, if it's not invested appropriately, so for example, you can actually sue a trustee for not executing their duties. Really? Yeah. Surely not in Australia. Yeah. So for example, um, if Tim Cooper, the executor of my will, decides that, no, we're not making that 300000 per child, yeah. it's going to go to the freaking Animal Wildlife Conservatory, right. whatever it is, yeah, I can't even yeah. speak. Um, he, other beneficiaries of the will can actually sue him as a trustee. Oh, yeah. So, there's a bit of... There's a bit of... Exp- risk with uh, carried with that role. Yeah. So, our general rule of thumb is if you don't need the money for at least five years, probably shouldn't be in cash. No. Yeah. So, he wants to invest it. Um, is he talking excess funds or... Well, he just says his inheritance is in cash. Yeah. He can't touch it for five more years. Should I invest it in shares? Well, I think the number one thing is should I? You shouldn't have a say in this. <laughs> I was going to say, if you can't do anything for five years, it's um, It's not your decision over. to make. Yeah. But it, what maybe is to the trustee, hey, why is this money not put to work? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or what is it doing now for me? Yeah. That's just the general rule of thumb. Heggs asks... What to do with an inheritance when you're not ready to buy for another 12 to 18 months as you are a full-time student, intermittent part-time casual employee till the end of the year? Right. Again, you know, you've said that you're not ready to buy for 18 months, up to 18 months. My last breath, I was saying, if you don't need the money for at least five years, yeah. it should be put to work. Can't invest it, yeah. Yeah. So, I, last I checked, 18 months was less than five years. Correct. So, why why do we need to hold off 18 months would be my first question. Well, it could be, you know, they might be able to buy a home, John, but the servicing, they might not be able to buy it all. They might need a mortgage. Yeah. So, they might okay. be able to get a mortgage. Yeah. So, they, they might be able to just put it in mum or dad's offset account for 18 months, um, saving mum and dad 4%. Well, what if it's an inheritance if mum and dad both tragically died? Yeah. So... See, and that's it. We, we've just got to assume, like, you're assuming it's mum and dad. Yeah. 
who or you're assuming it might be the grandparents. Yeah. I'm just assuming that it could be mum and dad prematurely passing. Yeah, well, but, the, I think the key, as you mentioned, is is 18 months is, is too short a time frame to expect outstanding results. So do do nothing yeah. that's going to put that in jeopardy. I'd probably do one or, one or two things. Throw it in a term deposit for 18 months and get on with your life. Yeah, or, getting 2.5%. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, or throw it in an online saver in a different bank account so you're not seeing it every day. This is a good one, and I'm not very good at reading, but I'm good at paraphrasing. So, Edwina, we, we do want to get her on the show. We'll try and do it at some point. Hey, guys, almost six months ago, I got the worst news possible, that my mum had passed away. I'm due to inherit a hefty sum. I will be able to buy a house in the 400k bracket outright. While I'm incredibly fortunate slash unfortunate to be in this position, I'm finding myself very overwhelmed with the possibilities of where my fortune can take me. I'm 24 and incredibly frugal with my money. I'm currently traveling around the country with my partner so we don't have incomes for at least the next six months. My question to you is, if you were in my position when you were 24 and knowing that what you know now, what would you do? You're keeping us very entertained on our giant road trip. Uh, sorry for having to listen to our voice. Um, and then I just said, oh, can you tell me a little bit more? Prior to our trip, we had saved 40K to invest in something, which is bloody amazing for 24-year-olds. Yeah, nice. I mean, I don't have that skill. We have money aside for our trip as the trip was planned before mum passed away. I've just finished my Bachelor of Business and my partner was working for local government in horticultural but has resigned. To the point of the the point of this trip is to find a new home, somewhere to live and work for at least a few years, if not forever, and to make the most of our freedom while we still have it. I plan to start my own business in interior in interior styling when we do settle when we do settle. Thanks so much for a speedy reply. A lot going on there, John. There is, yeah. I applaud them for just taking off and, and doing a lap around the country to yeah, and find themselves. I, I actually stalked her Instagram and was liking some of the <laughs> photos. And it was just, I, I want to go yeah. to Northern Territory, to Broome. Yeah. I just think it's the, I love like a bit of photography as a little bit of a hobby. Mm. I'd love to just go and I just the beauty and the color and. Yeah, I'm just so jealous. Yeah, oh, look, there's a, there's a lot. And to I think they got a, a van country. and fit out the van custom and perfect. Yeah, it's great. Sounds like an awesome trip. Um, the first thing I would say is I wouldn't do anything with it until they are working. Um, obviously for lending purposes. Um, my me personally would never um, buy a buy a home outright. I, I'd like to. Uh, lend the lend the bank's money. Why? Um, just so it can leverage and and keep my cash for um, for diversification or rainy day or buffers and things like that. Even if even if you could like the example of that she gave four hundred thousand. Yeah, you can buy a four hundred k home outright. But what if they landed in Bendigo, fell in love with the area, bought a house outright? Yep. Um, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. Um, when I say outright, I would say, well, okay, can I put a hundred k down and have three hundred in the offset? Sure. Versus 
owning it outright and owning the, having the title. Mm. Yeah. Um, See, I'd probably differ there. Yeah, cool. Only because of a personality thing. Like You'd if, spend it. I'd spend. I'd buy. There's a new watch I want. If I'm going to live there and settle there and all that stuff, yeah, I would have no better joy than owning the house and owning the title of it. Yeah. And then if I did want to invest elsewhere, just yeah, put a lien on the house, use the mm. house as security. Yeah, yeah. You just. Um, I just think you you're more governed then by uh, the 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 banks, the valuers, the. Uh, all yeah, but you're people. more governed by the banks and valuers and all these people if you get them involved to buy a house when you could have just bought it outright with cash. Uh, yes, but that's what I'm saying. If you're earning money and you've got the ability to put 100K down instead of 300 or 400, mm. I'd just like to, I, I, I'd like using the bank's money instead of my own. Sure. Yeah. And paying non-deductible interest? No. Oh, because you got the Keeping offset. It in the offset. Yeah, but when yeah. you do buy another property. Yes. Anyway. No, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I know what you're going. You're, yeah, I know that you would not have debt that's non-deductible if you had that much money. I do yes. know that. Yes. I'm just. I'm. I'm not in a mood to freaking go on a philosophical fight with you anymore. Oh, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, look. <laughs> Uh, each to their own, but I'd enjoy Australia and not worry about spending yeah. it until they've um, they're earning money and and reasonably settled, I suppose. Yeah, I would probably, and it kind of goes back to the dirty mic discussion when we did that episode. And if you want to have a listen, just scroll through and look for the episodes. There's a couple there that says dirty mic or something. Yeah, I would number one make sure that that money is, you know, in a term deposit, online saver, out of sight, out of mind. We are not freaking using that. If we run out of money on the road, we're being dish pigs at the RSL two nights a week living out of the van. Like categorically, we can't do that because people get freaking inheritances and buy VT Commodores and soup them up and (laughs) they freaking wonder why they've got no money 10 minutes later. Is VT the latest model? No, they're not. I don't even know. I don't do Commodores. John, you know that. So... That's number one, yes. out of sight, out of mind. And we're living off the money that we've saved because this trip was planned prior. And she's not saying that. No. Um, but I'm just reinforcing it for the entertainment value. And she's an amazing saver. Oh, I mean, just it, so. absolutely slaughtering it. Yeah. Um, living off the smell of an oily rag yeah. anyway. Number two, just for housekeeping, Edwina, I know your partner isn't listening. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but it's not in a joint bank account at the moment. I don't know if you've been together 10 minutes or 10 years. Um, so just to protect your mum's inheritance, we yeah. want to make sure his dirty mitts are off it because you never know. You <laughs> yeah. might freaking have a fight in the camper van and, you know, we're just protecting. The good way to test a relationship, travelling. Totally. Yeah. Um, and that's not – oh, just another thing. If you're writing your wills, so I've said this before, in my will, my brother-in-law's name isn't in there. Your only family, blood relatives are yeah. in your will, not in-laws. Yeah, blood's okay. thicker than water. Yeah. Um, so we just want to make sure that it's in her name only, out of sight, out of mind. Mm. If, and I'm picking a suburb, we're driving through Bendigo, we fall in love with Bendigo. There's, yeah. you know, it's up and coming and we can do a cool interior design business and uh-huh. um, he can get another job in local council. And I would still... Rent, if we settle in Bendigo, 10 minutes later, I'm not buying. No. I'm living there for a year, renting, 
And then if it is, if there is the intention of three months in that, yeah, we might like to live here one day permanently, yeah, have the chat, well, we've got two options now. We go and invest that money somewhere else or just wait or like continue to rent vest because they seem like they're a little bit gypsy, which is cool. Other- um, I can't do that because of my personality, no. but they can. Investing elsewhere and being a gypsy renting and rent vest all yeah. around Australia yeah. in 10-year slots, I don't know. You're not like camp feet? No. <laughs> so, you, the cool thing is you've got all the options in the world. I would also say if this was received and you were 40 years old and you did have the home, there's a strong argument of pumping some money into super yeah. for your future. But again, that's further down the road. I just want to finish, John. I had some clients last year. They in they were selling the family home in Sydney, okay? She was I, – I saw her. She was in her 80s. She had two daughters. They sold the family home. The husband or dad passed away. Actually, no. This is what it was, John. It was the grandma who was 80, the mother who was 50, and the daughter who was 35 or something. So, I had this three-generation thing. I had grandma there, mum was there, and the daughter was there. And they all get on well. And they sold Pop's home and Nan's home, over a million dollars in the city, moving up here to the coast. And they all had such, naturally, a really strong relationship Mm -hmm. with grandpa, dad, husband. They'd always wanted to go to Singapore. I put the challenge out to them. We've got a lot of money here. Would it put a smile on dad's face or pop's face Mm. or hubby's face if his three girls booked the trip of a lifetime yep. to Singapore yeah, in style, business class, because it was the amount of money that if we blew thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 on an amazing holiday. Wouldn't put a dent. One, it wouldn't put a dent, but would it put a smile on Pop's face? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think with the inheritance thing, and then I had a other situation where there was inheritance and- we were going to do something sentimental, like all, you know, mm. not spending all the, and I don't want to get too personal because people who I know will, might cotton on to this, but it was okay to spend some money if there was deep, deep sentimental value to that. Yeah. And it would put a smile on their face if they were 100%. looking down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we're not pissing it up the wall. No, and it was money that wasn't designed f- in the first place for you either. Yeah. Like, well, we didn't know the quantity. So, yeah, feel free to drop 10%, the old 10% rule. Yeah. And even I, I've told people, and a friend of mine's dad died and they received 100 grand each, whatever. And I said, if you buy a house with that or buy a growing asset, you'll never, ever, ever lose that money. No. But don't go and buy a new car with it. Papers houses. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't. Please, 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 please. Don't buy a new car. Uh, you've just got to, with inheritances, 
you've just got to not put them into general revenue. It'd be like if the government sold a big power plant, don't just give it to everyone a tax refund, put it into a hospital. Like yeah. you never ever lose that capital. It can't go into general revenue. No, it's got to work for you, doesn't it? But if it meant that, oh, I'm going to take 20 grand out of this to have the year off and study, I'm investing in myself and mum would love that. Mm. I mean, Edwina, she's already studied and all that, but I think she's on the right track. And you know why I think she's on the right track? Because she's freaking asking this question. Good. She's on the Udna data track. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, know what that is. Uh, it's up South Australia way. But yeah, look, you've, you've got to have experiences in your life and yeah, don't, uh, don't be too boring. Yeah. So, and get advice. Let's finish with a, a review. Knitwear designer from Oz, here for the money tips, stay for the banter. Five star. Favorite Aussie podcast. Love hearing from non-judgmental financial tips that are relevant for average income earners. Also for a couple of laughs. 10 out of 10, would recommend. Oh, well look at that. And uh, highest is five. That's highest pretty is good. five. We'll take it. Yeah. All right. That was a cool it's, chat. It's and good. for everyone, thanks for listening. Um, again, we're just so humbled that we get to help so many people and just keep you encouraged and we're in your corner. If there's no one else in your corner, you know, Glennie and Johnny are. <laughs> yeah. In the red corner. In the red corner. What's, yeah. What do you mean red corner? Like isn't it a boxing game? Oh, sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Yeah, cool. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help, and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organization that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Project Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Steph asks, does it affect any government benefits? Well, my short answer would be no. Do tell. Because they've already received, tax has already been paid on that and it shouldn't form part of their accessible income.
for that tax year? I would say one, get advice, but two, depends which way you look at it. If you're on a government benefit, yeah, which is looking at income, so I not even know, like I'm just going to make something up. If you're on youth <laughs> allowance or something, now, yeah. I don't know anything about Centrelink. That's mm. first and foremost. If you're on, and I just remembered how many people listen to this podcast now. <laughs> Talking about something I've got no idea about. (laughs) But uh, this is my logic. One, get advice. But two, I would say there's a high chance that it may. So if you're on youth allowance and it's income tested that you can work X amount of hours a week, I don't know if youth allowance asks if you've got a portfolio of $8 million or not. But I'm erring always on the side of caution. It can affect government benefits because what if you were, for example – on if you were an if no and no one's listen this is a friend shouldn't be shouldn't be answering this one i'll put this at the very end because it's a joke um <laughs> it's a good question it's a, no no it's a great question but it can, i'm more often than not in my financial planning practice right people who are over 60 are more likely to get an inheritance yeah than someone that's 22 just fact of life right now, if someone's 65 years old and on the age pension because they own the house and haven't got two cents to scratch together, yeah. if they receive a million-dollar inheritance overnight, that now is an asset that's ass- that's assessed by Centrelink. Yeah. So, in that case, absolutely it will. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, there's the asset and there's the income side of things. That's right. So, now, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know enough about um, Centrelink and family tax benefits and all that. Um, but there's always strategy. I mean, if you are worried about losing your $18,000 Centrelink a year and you inherit a million dollars, buy a freaking house with it. Yeah. And then that's hidden from Centrelink. But we don't run our life based on are we trying to get government benefits or not. Yeah. If you're putting it into your principal place of residence, then uh, yeah. live happily ever after. Or super if you're under age pension age because yeah. I know um, – um, so it is complex that one. So I'm not going to put that at the start of the episode because that was a horrendous answer. Uh, get advice. It's just the short answer for everything. Get advice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So how's this? I was at JB Hi-Fi the other day. I don't even know if I've shared this. Maybe I did. I don't know. You'll tell me if I have. I bought one of those Apple Homes, the HomePod. Yeah. Rings a bell. Yeah. And then I was buying a charger cable yep. for my... Oh, I've just got to get this. <laughs> anyway, I was I was buying a charger cable for my iPhone when I was in there. Yep. Actually, if you've got a... I've got a three meter charger cable. Three meter? Yeah. So you plug it into the wall and you just roll over in bed and life's for great. Your phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know that if you've... Plugged in next to your head while you're sleeping, there's rays going through your brain and frying them. Mate, as long as I'm on this planet, there's rays going everywhere. <laughs> now. Three metres. Yeah. All right. So I think it was three metres. It was bloody long. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I walked up and here's a lesson for everyone. Just always ask at JB if they can move on it. They can't move on stuff like Apple stuff because there's actually just nothing in it. But most stuff they can move on. Now, I went up to a guy and I'm like, and it was $42, the cable. Yep. I'm like, oh, hey, bro, how are you? Can you do anything on this? 
He's like, oh, 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 oh. And he's like, oh, looked at his machine and did the whole theater thing. Oh, yeah, probably $30. I go, mm, okay. And I know, I used to know a guy at JB. Yeah. I just, the stuff I used to get, like, for still, they would still be making money on it. Right. Anyway, I'm like, okay, thanks. Anyway, and I knew he was in a bad mood or whatever. The $12 off. No, no, no. It was 42 He did it for 39 I thought you said 30 No, no, 39 sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay, so $3 off. Sorry, I'll just repair that here. Right. Anyway, so I'm like, hey, bro, can you do anything better on this lead? And it was on for 42 yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, does all the theatre with his computer or whatever. And he says, yeah, we can do it for 39 Whole $3. Whole $3. And I'm thinking, nah, because I, I knew a guy who used to work at JB and I know that they just yeah. make. So, and that's why they can sell TVs for a dollar over cost because they make all their money from the cables, the warranty, the power boards and all that. Okay. That's a tool. That's a handy tip. And I'm like, that's crap. So when he walked away, I got chatting with another worker there and I grabbed another one, same one, but just one that <laughs> hadn't written on. I'm like, oh, hey, bro, can you know, do us a, can you hook me up on this cable? Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, there you go, 30 bucks. <laughs> uh, so you've always got to ask. Well, and, and don't attract the person who got out of bed the wrong side. That's right. Yeah. But I'm also of the view, like, if I'm, um, I don't like haggling people right to the bone. Yeah. I, I don't mind people earning a little bit of commission off me. Yeah. Because um, you've got to work and earn money. I like a good deal. Yeah. Um, but also, don't be tired. Ten <laughs> percent. Come on, brother. Hook me up with. So yeah, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a win at yeah. the old J Bizzle. Well done. So you bought a three meter cable, so ten dollars mm. a meter. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean. Like they probably that probably cost fifty cents to make. Yeah. Like it's just unbelievable. So. Um, so in the meantime, you got this three meter cord running across your room. Yes. Everyone tripping over it. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it comes in and out of your bedroom. Yes, John. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, you're well a done. funny one. Well done. All right. What else is happening? Nah, I think it's uh, covered everything today. We have wills, estate plan, inheritance. inheritance. Get your mitts off it. Totally. Moral of the story, create your own path and the rest will look after itself. Oh, that's it. Just one thing that you can bank on in life is you getting out there and killing it. Yeah, correct. In your control. That's right. Okay, bye. Thanks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.